This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through to verse 30. Joel is in the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets, as they say. Hallelujah. So if you have it on the screen, please. And the title of the message will be The Outpouring. The Outpouring. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Hallelujah. For those that may want to jot a few things down, uh, I will look at it quickly under three sub headings. Number one, the principle of the outpouring. God is a God of principles. He doesn't just do anything haphazardly. And there are principles to the outpouring. A well-tested principle in life is that something, uh, generally speaking, um, some things, they respond to regular measures while others do not respond to such measures. Um, And usually the harder the situation, the more extreme measures it calls for. Uh, For instance, the situation in this nation is not ordinary. The state of the Christian faith requires something more than the ordinary. Um, some of our lives, with all the challenges we have faced and we are still facing, it's probably obvious to you that we need something more than the ordinary to get us through. Amen. It might be even things that is Christian, things that are spiritual, but you need something a little bit more than the usual. And so God has designed it that when you need more than the ordinary, it's not just the trickle that comes out, it's not just the normal flow, you need an outpouring. And so It's not just something that God is telling us out of nowhere. He's telling us in relationship to where we are. There are some difficult family circumstances that some of us are facing. As we've had various teachings almost five weeks ago that we started. You know, where we'll be talking about, you know, oppositions that we are facing. And when, you know, uh, we had a wonderful man of God who came here to also charge us up in that area. So the principle is that there is a reason for the outpouring. And um, uh, some of the ancestral matters that we're talking about is not ordinary little touch we do. Amen. We need something special. And I was so glad, to be honest with you, the concluding statement during the testimony time this morning is that ultimately it is God. Somebody say after me, ultimately it is God. And believe you me, that summarizes it. Ultimately. No matter how much prayer they pray for you, no matter how hands they laid upon you, and, you know, I've still explained a few things to you later on. Ultimately, it is God. And he is the source of all things, all sorts of all blessings. And he's a very, very generous God. Hallelujah. And so, there are some things that, you know, you need some extra resources to do. Because when I say that, you know, you don't need ordinary measure to get some things done, but you also need resources to be able to have those measures take place. And there are many things in life like that. Have we just used for analogy? Um, how, how do they paint new cars? Does anybody know? You know, new cars that are made. How do they paint? How do they paint them? Paint them? Brush? Spray? They make them. They bake them. You are close. They, they dip them here. Yeah, both. Now, the reason is that. <laughs> When they, when they paint, new cars, the, the, if you see the smoothness of this, it's incomparable to any other one that goes back to the... And some of those good garages, when you actually want to... Um, my time in this country, they've shown me a lot of things. You know, I, I, we had a car, I took it, I was looking for... I don't know how I'm going to speak of this culturally sensitively. Does anybody know who panel beaters are? Now, now panel beaters, for those that do not know, these are people, that's their job, you know, when you see a crash, no matter how badly crashed the car is, they will take it one by one, each, you know, they, 
beat it, they smoothen it, they sandpaper it, they fill it, they do all sorts. So I had an old car and I was, was taking the car. The man assessed the car. I was expecting him to you know, do panel beating on the car. <clears throat> the man assessed the car. He said, the cost of this car cannot, it does not even up to the cost of what I would do on it. He said, go and scrap it. Because good garages now, if you, if, you, if you bash a new car, and God forbid, they will not panel beat and scrape. They will take it out and put a replacement. Another one has been made in the factory. You know where I'm going in a minute. Now, those new cars, the resources you need to make them is that there's abundance of pain. They dip them in. They just don't dip because they would drip if you bring them out. So they pass high-voltage electricity into those paints, and they will actually, like, inscribe them thinly if it is going to be too micro, what is height? What do micro height? Micrometer or nanometer, everything will be just like that. There's no way you can even spray because it will vary. What I'm saying is that God, when he lays his hand upon a person, his resources to such an extent that he will meet the need in our lives and circumstances to an exact specification. And that's the only thing that came to my heart when I was looking at how God can show his largeness. He doesn't go around spray painting lives, hallelujah. He doesn't go around panel beating lives, hallelujah. When he does is that when he dips you in or gives you a total replacement. And I believe that replacement miracle will start in this church very soon. You know, many people say, oh Lord, God heal me. Well, what about, oh Lord, give me a new part. A colleague of mine, you know, testified in the first bar of life. You know, we actually sat with him. <laughs> you know, yeah. I hope nobody will see the camera where I sat on the day. You know, and he gave his testimony openly, so there's not a secret about it. You know, um, he, he, we're about the same age. He had one bad heart attack. Yeah, you heard about it. Then he had a second heart attack that was going to take him out. And then during the meeting that the GO, you know, our general overseer was preaching. The word of knowledge came. He said, if you are here, the Lord is saying, I'll give you a new heart. And just like that, everybody said, amen. Now, this man, when he went back to the hospital, hopefully to have a triple bypass to correct the thing, they checked and checked again. They said, the heart that you have is the heart of a 20-year-old. That brand new heart. So I'm telling you, the resources of God is not just to heal, but to give replacement. And that comes with the outpouring. And there's a need for us to not stop where we are. Hallelujah. The journey ahead of us is beautiful. Amen. The journey ahead of this city is glorious. Amen. And it's God alone that can take us there in Jesus' name. Hard situations require hard remedies. Exodus chapter 4, verses 18 to 20. I don't have the timer here today. What's happening? So I should be able to finish by 3 anyway. <laughs> Exodus, well, they didn't give me a timer. Exodus chapter 4, verse 18. So Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law. Amen. And said to him, please let me go and return to my brethren, who are, is that where I need really? Um, I think I need chapter 3, where, you know, the Lord was speaking unto him about the duty he's given him. Chapter 3, quickly please, verse 18. I just want to tell you, then they will hear your voice, hallelujah, and you shall come, and you and the elders of Israel to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met us. And now, please, let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that they may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Verse 19, very quickly. But I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. Listen to me. If God were to tell you there's a blessing ahead of you, if God were to tell you, and the midst of speaking unto you, and I say, but I'm sure that particular person that you are asking will not give it unto you. you most of us will probably break down at that point. But Moses listened for the rest of the story. Not even by a mighty hand. Then in verse 20, he said it. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt for all my wonders, which I will do. All my wonders, all my wonders, which I will do in the midst. And after that, he will let you go. So outpouring is for a purpose. Outpouring is for difficult situations. Outpouring is for unusual situations. And God is a God who has enough resources for such outpourings. Hallelujah. Number two, the process of outpouring. The process of outpouring. There are only two, I believe, and all these two, there are only two resources, uh, sorry, there are only two primary resources, spiritual resources that you need when God is going to turn a circumstance or situation. And number one resource is the spirit or the anointing. The spirit or the anointing. The anointing is the divine power that gets things done. Hallelujah. It's what? The divine power that gets uh, 
And nothing can happen without the anointing. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, what does it say? We know it very well. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with who went about and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That's what the anointing does. The anointing is the empowerment that God releases upon human beings to get things done. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, well known to every one of us, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost or the end of the earth. In Luke chapter 5 verse 17, Luke 5 17, there was a demonstration of the power that Jesus Christ our Lord operated with. Now it happened on a certain day. I pray such certain days will be common in our time. He was teaching and that there were Pharisees and teachers of the Lord sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem And the power of the Lord, or the anointing of the Lord was present to do what? To heal them. The power was present to heal them. So we need the anointing. No one can do anything without the anointing. Somebody say the anointing. Even the Lord Jesus Christ needed the anointing. Because in John chapter 3 verse 34, John 3 34, the Bible says, for, who he, for he whom God has sent, that is Jesus, speaks the word of God. That was John testifying of Jesus. For God does not give the spirit by measure. What does that mean? God does not skimp on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the spirit. He does not skimp on the anointing. God does not start considering, well, have we got enough? He's got more than enough. Hallelujah. And he pours it out very freely. And we pour it out unto us as well in Jesus' name. So, the spirit is very, very essential. The anointing is essential. But that's not where I'm going today. This is where I'm going. Listen carefully to me. Even though Elisha had the anointing, Second Kings chapter 2, verse 9, he said, if you give me the two, a double portion of the spirit upon you, speak it to Elijah, and on and on and on. That's not where I'm going. You know where I'm going today? Do you know where I'm going today? It's Joel chapter 2, 28 to 30. That's where I'm going about the anointing. And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on, on who? Your sons and your daughters shall, and it continued. That's where I'm going. I'm going to that place that they call the corporate anointing. The corporate anointing is superior to any individual anointing. If the church begins to work in the corporate anointing, and due to the prayer that we've been praying and we continue to pray, I sensed a tiny bit of that corporate anointing here this morning. Corporate anointing is when God does not allow the spirit to rest just upon a person, but he gives the spirit or the anointing to everybody or to as many people as possible in that group. Let me tell you something. Let me use another practical example for you. How many of us are aware of um, airplanes that are called single-engine airplanes? All right? They are usually not very big. They are usually propeller and then... They probably carry, if they carry 10, they must be, you must be very lucky. Usually around 6 they carry. But the engine is powerful enough, can take that plane and can take it up. Uh, yesterday, you know, uh, my wife and I, we were both traveling different parts of the country. And it was very windy yesterday. You remember? Uh, very windy. And uh, we thank God for Johnny Mercy's. I mean, the, the ride was very bumpy. And so in the midst of that, you know, she was worried about the plane that she was going to fly in. Fly B is the new easy jet now. All those. Thank God for Fly B. Probably, uh, you know, thank God for Fly B. And so she was worried. I said, and in the midst of it, we were doing the WhatsApp thing and we were, we were exchanging. And I was just saying, well, that's uh, a propeller plane, you know, different from. And she was saying, oh, okay, that's some education, different from jet plane. I said, okay. Now, that was not where I'm going. Now, You've seen bigger planes that travel long distances, like Boeing 747, all right? Why is it, listen to me, that how many engines has, sorry, I like just shining silly things sometimes. They are trivial. They may, how, many, how, many, how many engines, I've started with single engine plane, you heard me. Okay, how many engines has a Boeing 737? 737. 
I know I will catch you. Two, all right. The 737 is the usual one that travels between maybe Aberdeen and London, which is British Airways, not Fly B. Okay. <laughs> you know where I'm going. How many engines has Boeing 747 got? Four. Okay, how many engines has Airbus A380 got? You don't know. Am I the only one that takes care of all these useless things? They are very useless. A380 is a double decker now. You've seen it before. You don't need to have flown in it. You've seen it before. You have. All right. I have two, by God's grace. I thought it was two. It has four. Do you know why? Why can't they use one engine to carry 747 or one engine to carry A380, the so-called jumbo jet? Eh? Why? No, well, the four, four, four of them can also be it. Eh? Maybe not. So it's not, it's not that if, if, you, if by the time two engines fail, you are most likely going to come down anyway. You will struggle. Okay, all right, okay, I take it from any other reason. It is not possible. Write this one down if you want to. Don't write it. I mean, memorize it. It is not possible to manufacture a single engine that will be able to carry those planes. You know why? There is no structure that is able to carry that power. You know, the casing of the engine must be able to hold the pressure, must be able to hold the force. And it's impossible for them. They've not got that material made yet that can withstand the stress of that power that you will pack into just one engine. And so you have to distribute that amount of power into minimum of four engines. They didn't make it. They can make it six, ten, but it become impractical. But that's the minimum you can do. There is no amount of power. There's a limited amount of power a single human being can carry. That's why the church is suffering. We are all looking at just one person. Let him just carry all the power. No, he won't. He can't. Those are operating such power. They say that after a time, the weight and the pressure of it is so much on them they don't recover in time. God, as even Jesus Christ, he could have packed all the power into himself. He distributed it to 12. You got the message now? So you're not going to sit down there expecting the power to be packed into one person. We need to pack some into you. So that this plane can fly. We need to get you to receive some as well. So that this plane can fly. Enough of just believing. I mean, and because most of the time people hop from place to place. Thank God we are not like that. And they go to charlatans who will tell them that, you know, he is God in himself when he's not. And you see that most people, the higher they go and understand God, the more they know this principle I'm sharing with you, which I'm probably learning too early in my own journey. But most of them that have walked very far with the Lord, they start telling you, they said, you must quickly begin to make sure that because that plane may just as well crash if we keep trying to pack more into one. Did you get it now? And that's what the Lord says he wants to do today. He wants to distribute it. He wants to distribute it. The anointing is one. Let me run through the word as the second part of the resource you need. Amen. The word of God. The anointing, you know, God pleases upon you. The word is that part of the resource of God that... Um, makes the anointing to flow. That is, if you have the anointing and it's not based upon the word of God, there's the general tendency that after a time you will run out of strength. But let me just tell you something practical about the word of God. Now, many people, they carry the anointing, but they don't do anything with it. You know why? Because they don't have the revelation of the word, how to dispense the anointing. Now, because it's only what you see that you can seize. And because people don't use the eye of faith to see what they need to see, even the anointing that is in them can't flow out. I'll tell you how it works. Many a times, if, the, I don't know, it's too general it has, but let me just share a few things with you. The best of times when we pray for people and minister to people, they are the things that we receive in the place of revelation. It's not either you receive it as you're standing there or you receive it before you come. 
We can do anything just because we want to. But when we're looking at the word of God, the word of God has the ability to make you see what you cannot see in the natural. Tell me two things that make you to see things that are not easily visible. Number one is microscope. You remember? There are bacteria in this room, are they are not. Are you seeing them? But when you put them under the microscope, what will you do? You know what the word of God does? The word of God, that's why he said the invisible things of God are revealed unto us by his spirit and by his word. So you need the word of God for you to see things that you don't normally see. It's a microscope. The more you look at the word, the more things will jump out at you and they become revelation unto you. Do you know many of us, we stop reading the word as we ought to? We don't, we don't see. Or we read the word based on, the Lord asked me, I didn't know I would eventually use it. It's always good to listen. I normally come and preach with iPad. I said, bring a copy of the Bible. Now, the point is this. And please, don't ditch your Bible. Uh, that iPad, is that the word of God? <laughs> what is this one? What is this one? And uh, we can call it the word of God. All right. It's good. Use your iPad. Uh, don't feel guilty. But I'm holding this in my hand. May I please advise every one of us here today by the special mercy of the Lord. Hold this thing close to your eyes. As you are looking at it, you'll be seeing things that are around you that you normally will not see. It's your microscope. And some things are invisible to the naked eyes. It's our microscope. And there are degrees of microscope and there are degrees of proficiency in using microscopes. That's what we call the electron microscope. An ordinary microscope will not see virus. Viruses are too small. But if you want to see the cold virus, you want to see all the retroviruses or whatever, or Ebola virus, you will need an electron microscope. That's a different story altogether. They magnify it to millions. And so, you can upgrade even your use, and your Bible, you can turn it into something that we see even what generality of people will not see. My Bible can see better than yours. Yours can see better than mine. It depends on how you power it to see it. Finally, before we pray, what is the second thing that you need help that helps you to see things that are not easily visible? Telescope. Very simple. You're preaching it. Microscope makes you to see small things. They may be close to you, but they are, they are invisible. That miracle is close to you, but you are not seeing it. And we walk away. You need the microscope. I believe God for all this while. I'm living. I can't stand anymore. But it's right by you. But you are not seeing it. Why are you not seeing it? You are not using the microscope. But as you begin to look at the world, it magnifies it. And suddenly you see it. I say, ah, it's there. Some things are far. Not because they are not there. They are there. Because around us, even in the bright daylight like this, if you take your telescope and it's powerful enough, you will see far planets. And the bigger the power of your telescope, the farther you can see. You know, many believers, we are not seeing far enough. We're not seeing our tomorrow. If you were to see tomorrow how glorious it is, you will sleep well. You know why? Because the telescope is not, you are not looking at the telescope. You're on the same level with everybody. Lord, this problem again. So what? Look far ahead. Pick your telescope. Look, look, look. And I'm not talking about it. If you are reading your Bible for, just for reading's sake, stop reading it. From today... By the time you get home, when you pick your Bible to read, you are reading for two purposes. So that you may see what is invisible and near, or you may see that's the use of your Bible. Every other thing is theology. You pick it. As I'm reading, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Ah! Wow. Why am I wondering about this want already? I shall not want. He said, I shall not want. And then, your eyes are opened. Remember, you need the Holy Spirit to help you. And once it's at work, it will happen to you in Jesus' name. Somebody stay with me.
So first thing, the principle, amen? Second one, the, the process. One of you are listening. I was trying to teach, but you are thinking it's a preaching. It doesn't matter. Just receive it. And there are two parts of the resources you need. The, and, the, and from now on, your word, you will begin to use it as a, and as a, because there are things that you have to see that you are not seeing. And you need to see them. Mr. Buki was giving testimony. She said, God has been telling her, but we didn't see clear enough until circumstances made her to say it's time to move on. And that is just a message. God cares for us more than for cars. You know, he uses mundane things to teach us profound things. God might even be telling her and all the listeners there are times to move on from where we are. Somebody's receiving that here this morning. And you will move to the place of your glory. Finally, not just the principle, not just the process. What about the product? What is the product of the outpouring? What does it do? Go to verse 32 of Joel chapter 2 with me. Joel 2, 32. Shall we read that together, please, one to go? Hallelujah. It started from verse 28 and then ended in verse 32. It shall come to pass that whoever, that is, when he pours out his spirit upon your sons and daughters, upon everybody, if you look at that list, it does not exclude anyone. Sons, daughters, old men, young men, even maid servants and maid, men servants and maid servants, everyone that is willing, will receive the word, the, the, the anointing. And when they receive the anointing, what did he say will happen? So that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be for salvation of souls. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that salvation is not just salvation from sin to righteousness, but salvation from all that life circumstances. Because in Mount Zion, he also said, number two, there will be deliverers. And Mount Zion and Jerusalem is the church of God. Which means there's need for deliverance in the church. There are people that need to be delivered. And deliverance is not a swear word. It's not a spiritual swear word. Deliverance simply means God releasing you from the bondage of the enemy. Many of the things we are going through, we need God's help to set us free from them. And he will do so for us in Jesus' name. Because of our time, and I mentioned that we've still got a few things to do, please put Numbers chapter 11, verse 25 on the screen, and I will close with that. And the Lord came down in the cloud. I've got many other verses. that could you just keep that one there? That can just to demonstrate unto you that truly and indeed, God, when he pours his spirit down, in a mighty manner, and as a corporate anointing, when everyone carries the, the right power, and we all come together, that God does mighty things. You know, many, many Bible verses I could give you. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1, when they were dedicating the temple. Uh, Acts chapter 4, uh, starting from verse 26, when they were praying, and the place shook. All that. The choir that will lead us in a moment. But because of our time, and we want to do something special today, um, just take note of those words. When the power comes down, there is a physical and visible demonstration of the presence of God. And I'm trusting God that that will be a very regular thing in our midst. So we are at the session of prayer, and I just want to tell you what we want to do. And two things we will do. He said, then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took up the spirit that was upon him. He was talking about who there, anyone? Moses. And placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the Spirit rested upon them that they prophesied, although they never did so again. They never did so again because it was an imperfect covenant. They never did so again because they did not follow it with the knowledge of the word. I will take that verse and use it as a message another day. But today, we will do the A part. The A part is that the Lord came down in the cloud. And the Lord is come down in the cloud today. And when he took that spirit upon Moses, because this message came, the Lord dictated these particular two words to me, the appointing, and the Lord showed me something to tell me exactly what to do about it. So please avail yourself as much as possible. 
I'm not telling you in any way there's Christ in me, there's Christ in you. And the Bible says that greater is he in us that is hid in the world. And the Bible said the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So even though Jesus that is in me came after Moses, is greater than Moses. I hope you are aware. And if he's in me, and I believe he's in you, and he has commanded me by his special mercy that he will take off his spirit that is in me so that I can be synergy and distribution of fire in this place, he will do it. Do you believe that? So whether it's just 70 that will come out or 10 or whatever, God will start somewhere. So we will do two things right now. Amen? We'll rise up on our feet. Amen? What have we spoken about today? What have we spoken about today, everybody? And what is the outpouring for? Salvation or so and deliverance. Thank you. Ah, hallelujah. All right. So what is the outpouring going to be for? All right, so and it depends on whichever one is top on your list. You can say deliverance and salvation, all well and good. Remember, salvation is not just salvation from sin. It can be salvation from sickness, salvation from lack, salvation from bad habits, whatever it is. Salvation will flow forth. And God will be glorified. But two things we require get ready. For about a few moments, uh, you know, so that in case God changes, I don't want to be going up and down. Uh, it's my own head. I want to set a time for it. We will lift our hands unto the heavens. Amen. And I'm trusting God that the 22nd of October, the year of our Lord 2017, will be significant not only in your life, not only in your family, not only in this church, but to be significant in this city. And in simple moments, like I've seen many of these moments during my time in this city, when God will gather us together and just get us to do one or two little things like that, we will have forgotten about it, and God will remind you in future and say, that was the day I did that thing. I believe today is another day like that. Why am I saying this? So that because there's nothing we can receive without faith. You're not sitting there, I'm not talking to you because I just want to talk. I'm talking to you so that your faith will arise. Because we could have started from the beginning. Everybody line up, this will do nothing. Because you don't know what you are doing. Now you know what you are doing. There's a reason for it. There's a desire for it. And so, in faith, you will, in the moment, cry unto God and say, Pour your spirit upon me, O God. Now, you will do that for a little while, and then if you can pray in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, we will pray in tongues for quite some time as well. I will tell you when to stop. Are you still getting the instructions? They are not too complex, are they? Okay. Some people, they have the gift of making simple things complex. I'm trying to lose that gift. Amen. Hallelujah. And some people, they have the gift of making complex things simple. I'm entering to that gift. I release that gift upon you too. All right, so these are complex things I'm saying. Oh, God, help me to make it simple. Hallelujah. So what we're going to do is that you will then pray in the Spirit. Now, if you can't pray in the Spirit, when we were there, I believe the Lord prompted me, but I'm going to listen for the final instruction. We will hold four classes for such people because I don't believe anyone who is a regular attendant in this church should still remain without being filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. So that's a new realm the Lord is taking us. So I'll give you the time. It should not be more latest by the special grace of God. We start in November. We'll give her his time. We try and place it close to service time. And then four sessions like that, the teaching, the ministration, and everything. And everyone, when we gather in here, will be electrified. And we will be able to do exactly what God wants us to do. Is that very clear as well? So if you can't just begin to give praise unto God, but if you can pray in the Spirit just now, I will ask you to begin to pray in the Spirit. But that's not where you're going to start. You're going to start with, Lord, pour out your Spirit upon me. It's not a prayer that I'm going to prompt. It's not a confession or prayer. It must rise from your heart. And begin to desire and cry, pour your Spirit upon me. The outpouring, oh God, of all the verses in this Bible you sent unto us, the pouring of your spirit upon us as a people. Come on, cry unto the Lord. Cry with the bottom, from the bottom of your heart. Pour your spirit upon me, oh God. Pour your spirit upon me, oh God. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying.
to pray in the spirit right now. Begin to pray in the spirit. Lift up your voices. Lift up your voices and begin to connect to the heavens right now. Connect to the heavens right now. Use that precious resource of the Holy Spirit. And as we begin to cry unto Him, that anointing will fall on over every soul in here. And our lives will never remain the same. Pour your spirit, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The ushers will start arranging as many as want to come forward. Just continue to pray in the spirit. The spirit of the Lord is moving already. Come and lift up your bed. Just continue to pray in the spirit. Uh, so arrange the people. Once you come forward, I just lay hand upon you based on number 20, level 25. I don't want to interrupt. Continue to just pray in the spirit. I've trusted in him to do his work himself. So I lay my hand upon you. Go back to your seat and begin to pray in the spirit. Go back to your seat and begin to pray in the spirit and the Lord will perfect it. i 
This is your heart desire, O God. That you may fill your people unto all overflowing. Therefore, right now, in the name that's above all names, that same spirit that you have made to rest upon them, the spirit of Jesus, let him find full expression in all our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, as the fire has fallen, let there be a trail left behind. When fire goes through a place, it leaves a trail. What ought not to be there that has been burned? What has to be purified that has been purified? Let there be a trail in all our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. I believe in you, Lord, that you are always true to your word. Lord, as many hearts as may be wondering, how can it be? So did Mary, the mother of the Lord, say. But the Bible said that God is able to perform it. And that with God, nothing shall be impossible. And so concerning all our lives, I stand on that infallible word of God. I said, nothing shall be impossible that is good in your life in the name of Jesus. The gateway is open. There's an outpouring already. You will not stay dry while others are being soaked in the name of the Lord Jesus. Any waterproof that may be over our lives, that may want to repel this flow of the anointing, let the fire go first, first. Let the fire go out first. Burn away every cover that ought not to be there. Every anointing proof cover over you. Holy Spirit fire, burn it out right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And soak your people. Soak your people. Lift all your hands to the heavens right now. I ask, Father, in the name that's above all names, let diseases be healed because of this anointing right now. Let long-term bondages be broken because of this anointing. Let seemingly hopeless situations be turned around and become positive situation in the name of the Lord Jesus. By the virtue of the anointing, let the yoke be destroyed. Oh, Father, as you agree with me loudly, Please do it. I say by the virtue of the anointing, let every yoke be broken. Ancestral and primordial yokes be broken and destroyed. You will not be burdened anymore. The body lifted by the power of the anointing has lifted your body and you will remain free. But above all, you will also be a body remover. Because from today, as you lay hand on anything and anyone around you that needs a change for the positive, they will receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your anointing will not leak. It will increase. I rebuke you, spirit of doubt. I rebuke you, spirit of doubt right now. I resist you in the name of Jesus. I said, be resisted in Jesus' name. That person soaked in fear. Your fear is lifted. You will fear no more. I said, you will fear no more. Receive faith to possess. Receive faith to stand in your wealthy place. Spiritual wealth, physical wealth, emotional wealth. Receive it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. You that you have been dreaming of madness. The Lord asked me to tell you, far be it from you. You've been seeing mad people. A few of you here, you have been seeing people that were dead appearing to you. I hereby command the that's above all names. Let there be a wall of separation and a gulf of separation be erected between you and the people in the place of the dead in the name of Jesus. You are the living and you will praise the Lord. 
From now on, no more evil visitation in the name of the Lord Jesus. The yoke is broken. The snare is broken. And your soul have escaped like a bird in the name of the Lord Jesus. That evil occurrence will not occur to you again. The Lord asked me to tell you. It will happen again. But his promises shall come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus. I hereby in the name of my heavenly father, our father. I hereby speak to your life and situation. Go and shine. I say go and shine. I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You go forth and shine in the darkness of this world in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when you return, you will return with your songs. And Jehovah shall be glorified. These that you have inscribed in us today, that your spirit has written concerning us according to your good pleasure, let them be indelible. Let them be permanent. And let your name be glorified. Thank you, eternal Father. We give you honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.